eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 7th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. J-Book, let's start with all the drama surrounding Jameson Williams and everything with his father, James Williams, who I got to know over the phone the other day. Um, you know, He called me, wanted to kind of clear the air on everything that happened. He, of course, um, you know, after Jameson transferred to Alabama, there were some Ohio State fans that were critical of Jamo on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, Mr. Williams had a you know heated debate with them and, and said some things maybe he regretted. A lot to unpack there, Jay Book. But what did you make of that whole situation? Yeah, it was uh, really surprising to see. Um, I think that it was a situation where it was a father that really got caught up in his emotions. I will say majority of the Ohio State fans from what I saw they were very supportive of him wished him well and they were they were wanting to make sure that uh their voice was heard as far as saying that they hope he has a great career at Alabama there were some fans that saying you know he was our our fourth or fifth and he was jumped on the depth chart I just think that the father went about it the wrong way Yes, you have every right to defend your kid, and I do not blame him for wanting to stick up for his kid. But where I believe he crossed the line was when he started putting other people's names out there. It was very inappropriate to uh, throw Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave's name out there, as well as Ryan Day and Hartline. And the fact that somehow Julian Fem Fleming got thrown in there as far as uh, you know, him rumored to be transferring according to his father. I just think that that's where he really crossed his line. Like I said, he has every right to defend his son. There's going to be a few idiots on social media who's always going to criticize. It happens in every fan base. Ohio State has their fair share of fans that can get out of line, but you can't take it personal. Um, the SEC is going to be the same way. Alabama fans, if he drops a ball, they're going to be very critical of him. But I just think that, you know, when, when you start putting other other people's names, other players' names out there when you're trying to defend your son, it's just in it, it's a bad look and it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I agree with you. 
I, I do feel like he is a good man who got emotional. It's easy to get emotional about your children. As we both know, we're both fathers. Um, I thought it said a lot about him that he reached out to me. He could have just been like, you know what? Screw Ohio state. We're out of here. What do I care? But I think he wanted to, uh, I think he, maybe he bombed the bridge and wanted to, to mend that bridge <laughs> to as much as he could fix that bridge. I think that says a lot about the man that is, um, James Williams that he reached out and, um, you know, at least wanted to try and, and mend fences there. Yes. It says a lot. Um, like I said, I just think that he just, he got caught up in the moment. He got very emotional and he just kind of let his feelings get the best of him. And the fact that he was wanting to reach out and clear the air, that tells me that he was out of character and that's not who he is. I don't know the man personally, but like you said, if anyone, uh, felt that they said what they needed to say and they were just going to leave it at that. They wouldn't circle back, you know, with Bucknuts, the largest message board, and, and say that, hey, you know, this is the reason, you know, I apologize for getting out of line and uh, I was just trying to defend my son. So to me, it's water under the bridge. I wish him nothing but success. I hope uh, his son goes down to Alabama and has an outstanding career and he can make his way to the NFL as a high draft pick. All right, last thing about Jamo, then we'll move on to Henry Toa Toa, a little more uh, positive transfer news for the Buckeyes when it comes to Henry, we think. Um, Two-part question. How do you think Jamo will do with the Crimson Tide? And I've heard, you know, a lot of people have asked me this, like, will this hurt Ohio State? Will this hurt Ohio State in recruiting? Because, oh, people are going to say, look, uh, you know, Jamison Williams was disgruntled and left Ohio State for Alabama. You know, to that I say, ah, Ohio State has the best wide receiver room in the country. Alabama's lost a ton of wide receivers over the last two years combined uh, because of things like the first round of the NFL draft. And they have a need. It's just one of those things that kind of lines up, in my opinion. But address those two questions, if you would, sir. How do you think JAMA will do at Alabama? And does this leave a stain for Ohio State at all? Absolutely not. It does not leave any type of stain for Ohio State. Each player has to evaluate their own situation. It's not a one-size-fit-all to where someone can try to ding the Ohio State wide receiver room. You're talking about having two first-round draft picks in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. When Olave decided to come back, it created a logjam. And with the NCAA now allowing uh, pretty much free agency, guys have to do what's best for them. Your window is only open for so long. If he has the opportunity to go and really highlight and showcase his skills and get his name on the radar for the NFL, that's a business decision that he has to make. You're going to see a lot of other high-profile pro, uh, prospects doing the same. The reason that it's such a headline grabber is because it's Ohio State. The wide receiver room is getting a lot of attention right now because you're seeing so many highly regarded recruits wanting to get into the fold. But at the end of the day, it's not a knock on Ohio State. It's just the, what the game is now. You're going to see players from all different schools. You're going to see, uh, you know, highly regarded recruits from Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Regardless, if they find a situation where they can play right now and they and they may be on the too deep or they feel that they they need to see the field now, each person's situation is different. So I would not knock that against Ohio State. If anything, I would look at Ohio State's wide receiver room and say that's a heck of a, 
you know, heck of a room there when it comes to top end talent, top to bottom, because you got two first rounders this year. And if guys are that young, are able to push Jamison Williams when it comes to starting reps, that tells me that the younger guys coming up is going to be absolute studs. And do you throw in Caleb Burton, another five star who's going to, going to be joining in the fold next year? It's just going to keep the train rolling. Brian Hartline is a relentless, relentless recruiter. He's going to try to go and get the best possible recruits possible, no matter how old they are or who's on the roster. Their job is to over-recruit who's on the roster and let the talent rise to the top. And at the end of the day, that's just the beast. That's who – that's big-time college football, and that's who Ohio State is. And that that's the same thing at Alabama. It's the same thing at Georgia. It stinks that the Buckeyes are losing Jamison Williams, but if they land Henry Toto, the linebacker transfer from Tennessee, that would be a great quote unquote trade in my book. Obviously, not a real trade. Um, they're not even coming from the same schools, but um, I would take that uh, trade in a heartbeat. And it, it's looking good for the Buckeyes that they're going to land Henry Toto. You know, it, that's not good news for guys like Dallas Gant and Cody Simon. You know, speak about all that. You know, just what do you expect from Henry Toa Toa? And, and what does that mean for some of the other guys at middle linebacker? Yeah, it sounded like it's just a matter of time. We're all just kind of sitting here waiting for the big boom. Um, but I, I really want to see this get done uh, sooner rather than later because he needs to get in there right away and learn the playbook. For the, other, for the guys, as far as Dallas Gantt, Simon, yeah, it's going to hurt. It's, it's going to sting because. Those guys believe that it was their time to shine. To me, it doesn't mean that Ohio State is not high on them because they've spoken very highly uh, in regards to those guys in public. But Ohio State is not 100% sold that they are the next guys in line that's really going to take that position to the new level. Right now, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding Dallas Gantt with the foot injury, and he was out. Is this something that's going to linger into the season? And if so, you're going to be extremely short at the linebacker position. So bringing in Henry is going to solidify it. You're bringing in a guy who is board tested right now, playing at the highest level in college football down in the SEC. So he's going to bring a veteran presence to the middle of your defense. He's going to be a guy that's going to get your defense set. And he's going to be a, a captain of that defense in the middle, calling the plays. Um, will he elevate it to the next level? I believe so. I think you will get a higher level of play from Henry than what you saw uh, from the past linebackers with tough boiling there in the middle. I, Ohio State defense desperately needs a guy who's going to come in right now and provide that veteran leadership, especially after you lost four senior linebackers out of that linebacker room. Last thing, Todd McShay came out with his mock draft for 2022 yesterday, his first mock draft for next year's draft. We're not even a week removed from this year's draft. I have no problem with this. I love the NFL draft, so it's never too early. What's interesting to me is he has four Buckeyes going in the first round of next year's draft. He is projecting four Buckeyes in the first round, which would be a quadruple of this past year when, quote-unquote, just one Buckeye went in the first round, that being Justin Fields, of course, to the Bears, 11th overall. So if you didn't see this, Buck Nutters, if you didn't see this, Jay Book, he has Chris Olave going 12th overall. That makes sense. He has seven banks going 14th overall. Hello. He has Garrett Wilson going 23rd overall. 
that makes sense. I won't be surprised if Gary Wilson goes over Chris Olave. I bet both those guys will go in the first round. And he has Zach Harrison going 25th overall. Hello. So pretty surprised by Banks and Harrison, not surprised by Olave and Wilson. And the one guy I think could work himself into the first round discussion on this roster is Nick Petit Ferrer. What do you make of this early mock draft from McShay? Yeah, definitely not surprised about the wide receivers with Gary Wilson and Chris Olave. Everyone uh, pretty much has them pegged as first round talents. I do believe that Gary Wilson has a shot to go above Chris Olave. But I was not prepared for a mock draft that has seven banks and Zach Harrison in the first round. I, I just didn't see it last year, Dave. I know Zach Harrison has the five-star label tagged to him, but he did not have a good year. Right now, it seems like he's on track uh, to potentially have a much better year. But in order for him to have a five, uh, to have a, a first-round grade, um, it tells me that he is projected to have a huge year. I'm talking about double-digit sacks type of year to where he is an absolute difference maker. That's what it's going to take for him to to come up and to be a, a first-round draft pick. In my mind, I, I thought Zach Harrison was going to be a guy that starts to build on his career to, to, to potentially get into the first round, meaning that, okay, you have a solid year this year, and then you come back, and then the next year, then you start trying to work your way into the first round. I just didn't see enough from him on film to say, hey, he warrants a first-round grade right now. I think Seven Banks is a, is a guy who was really hurt with the on and off with the COVID in the Big Ten, having a new defensive coordinator that's coming in, asking them to do a different schemes than what you saw from Jeff Halfley. Um, but I think Seven Banks has the talent. He's yet to play his best football. He's another guy I didn't I didn't see first round grade, especially a top twenty player in the NFL draft. And if that happens. That means that he is having a hell of a year, and it means the secondary had a big bounce back. So I, I'm encouraged that Tom Shea may be getting some type of information that believes that Seven Banks and Zach Harrison are first-round talents, but I need to see it on the field. I need to see them have a huge year before I can really believe that those guys are a top-20 pick and a first-round defense end for a guy that, you know, it hasn't really shown it yet. Great stuff, as always, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. Jay Book, thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's show that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 